Welcome back to the Spiritually Armored Podcast, where we like to talk about spiritual things in a worldly earth today. Last last episode, we talked about the Belt of Truth, which was the first piece of spiritual armor listed in Ephesians chapter 6. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, we can read about what we're going to talk about today, right after the Belt of Truth, the Breastplate of Righteousness. And Jeremiah, if you could read that for us. Yeah, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded your ways with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So, before we get into what Jeremiah calls the meat and potatoes of this episode, meat and potatoes, I want to kind of set a, a background for what we're going to talk about today. We have to remember that this letter of Ephesians is written to the Lord's Church in Ephesus. And that's important because it tells us that these were people that had already accepted the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. They had already done that. They didn't have a need to do that anymore. They were also being admonished to stand against the wiles of the devil. And we see that in verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 6. So now let's let's talk about this breastplate that we read about. And the parallel that's being drawn here by Paul is a parallel between a spiritual thing and something that was physical at the time, the Roman breastplate. And we mentioned in the last episode that the Roman armor or the Roman soldiers were the primary um, the the primary force at the time. So that is the armor that we can compare this to. The Roman breastplate it was worn to protect the most vital organs. Yeah. The heart being the most vital, you have the lungs, the liver are there too, your kidneys, and there's even some other organs that would be protected by the breastplate of that the Roman soldiers would wear. But why would Paul use a breastplate to describe righteousness in this case? Well, it could be that righteousness is the most vital piece of armor for God. Uh, for the man of God, I should say. And if you remember, we mentioned when we did the belt of truth that we believe there was a reason the belt of truth was listed first. And that reason was... If Paul listed it first, don't you think that truth should become that should come before everything else? Without truth, we can't have everything else. Right, because truth is the the standard for for everything. It's exactly. Like the foundation. Exactly. So the first thing that comes after truth is righteousness. Mm-hmm. And I, personally I think that's pretty interesting. It is. And I, I think it's it's unique that Paul mentions this as the breastplate of righteousness because mm-hmm. even today in our modern, modern warfare uh, soldiers are told to uh, shoot at at the chest or the heart right? because it's the biggest organs it's the most vital organs and it's what does the most damage mm-hmm. and of course there's other parts in your body that can take a hit and they can take a blow mm-hmm. and you can still operate okay but usually inside your body those big organs just one hit from those can destroy you right totally yeah so now we're going to get into what is righteousness yeah and it's interesting uh I was looking at this and the Bible does not define righteousness for us mm-hmm. 
And it's not like the word faith, because we can go to like Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and it defines what faith is. Right. But for righteousness, it's described by taking a couple different verses and looking at the context clues. Mm-hmm. And But what we can see when it comes to righteousness, uh, we can see three things. One, it is something that is from God. It is displayed by God. And then it's something that Christians are to seek after. Right. Now, for you listeners... Uh, if you want a definition, here's a definition from Vines, and the Vines is a really good study uh, study resource. And Vines describes this as righteousness. Righteousness is the character or quality of being right or just. It was formerly spelled right witness, which clearly expresses the meaning. It used to, to denote an attribute of God. Romans 3, 5, the context of which shows that the Unrighteous, the righteousness of God means essentially the same as his faithfulness or truthfulness, that which is consistent with his own nature and promises. Romans 3, 25 and 26 speaks of his righteousness as exhibited in the death of Christ, which is sufficient to show men that God is neither indifferent to sin nor regards it lightly. On the contrary, it demonstrates that quality of holiness in him which must find expression in his condemnation of sin. So, if you got bored of me actually reading that definition of vines, here's here's a simple way to define it. In short, righteousness is being right or just in the eyes of God. It is a standard of God, not of man, and it was demonstrated to us by God. And what we see in Scripture, when it comes to our commander-in-chief, and who's our commander-in-chief, Devin? Our commander-in-chief is God. Jesus specifically. Jesus. So, we are in Christ's army. And our commander-in-chief says this about righteousness. So, I have a couple of verses that are listed right here. Devin, would you mind reading Matthew chapter 5, verse 6? What does our commander-in-chief say about righteousness? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Okay. Now, I want you to see, he says hunger and thirst. But he is not talking about your normal hunger and thirst like we do today. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about, oh, my stomach's growling and I need to go to the store and get something or I need to go to McDonald's and just feed my stomach or just get a little sip of water. No, this is something that's a craving. This is a necessity. If I don't have this, I'm going to die. I'm going to perish. I must have righteousness in my diet. Yeah. And what I think about when I read this is after you've just run a long distance, uh, that distance varies for everyone, but you're parched. You need water. Otherwise, you're really not going to feel good after that. You've just exerted a lot of energy. You've burned a lot of calories. Your body needs water. As a Christian, we should always feel like our body needs the word. We need more of God. We need more of Jesus, and that should be how we feel always, right. at all times. So we, we are dependent on righteousness. Uh, what does Christ say in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, listener, maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, as a Christian, everything should be easy in my life. I'm here to tell you that's not the case. No. Even Jesus says you have to, you know, bear your own cross. 
And But what we see when it comes to being persecuted, because we are going to be persecuted, if we are persecuted for the right reason, for righteousness, for being a Christian, we should rejoice in that because ours is the kingdom of heaven. Our reward is heaven for that. Right. All right, let's go to Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Okay, so Jesus right here is saying the first thing that you need to seek is the kingdom of God and whose righteousness? Is it my righteousness? No. Is it Devin's righteousness? No. Is it our neighbor's righteousness? No. Is it our parents' righteousness or no. even our preacher's righteousness? No. It's God's righteousness. That's right. Because he is the standard of righteousness. No other man on this earth is. And then we have Acts 10, verses 34 through 35. And this is in relation to the conversion of Cornelius, who was a Gentile. Uh, what is, What does Peter say in verse 34? Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. So there in verse 34, God shows no partiality, meaning God is fair. Mm -hmm. He has the same standard for everybody. It doesn't matter where you're from, how much money you have, what your color is, or what year or age you've been born. It doesn't matter. It's the same standard for everyone. Right. And he is saying that everyone who fears God, who seeks after God, and works righteousness right works righteousness yeah. is accepted by him uh, Isaiah mentions that God is righteous and that he wears righteousness like armor do you know that Devin I do now ah. <laughs> and so I think this is kind of interesting so let's read that and kind of compare what we see in Ephesians chapter 6 Isaiah fifty nine seventeen. For he who, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. So Paul mentions the breastplate of righteousness. Mm -hmm. But Isaiah is saying that God puts on righteousness as a breastplate. So it's almost as if Paul, when he's writing this, he's looking back at Isaiah and saying, Guess what? We need to be wearing the same thing that God wears himself. Right. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's really cool. And so our God is righteous, and he has shown man from the very beginning, since day one of creation until now, that we need to be righteous. We need to mm -hmm. be like him. Uh, Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. In verse 17, Paul is saying right there, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. He's saying from the very beginning of time during different times of faith, during the time of the patriarchs, during the time of the Mosaic Law, and now during the Christian, Christian dispensation, God's righteousness has always been revealed. Right. And that's, how we, that's, that's why we can be faithful because of his righteousness. Right. And since God is righteous and he demonstrates his righteousness, we are called to be righteous. Mm -hmm. What does Paul say to Timothy in 1 Timothy uh, 6, 
11 through 12. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Yeah, so Paul says to Timothy, you, you need to pursue this. You need to pursue righteousness. And you think, why do I need to pursue righteousness? Well, if we're created in the image of God, and God represents righteousness because he is righteous, and we're created in the image to be his image bearers here on this earth, guess what? I'm going to do to the things that demonstrate God. Mm-hmm. And it, I think moving to the next point we have here, right, right here, uh, we can't create our own righteousness. Absolutely right? not. If he does, uh, if, if a man does create his own righteousness, he cannot be pleasing to God and he'll fall victim to the devil. Mm-hmm. It's God's righteousness we have to wear, not our own. Uh, Romans 3, 9 through 20, it that those scriptures affirm that idea for us. If we try to create our own righteousness, we're just going to fall to the devil. Right, because it even says there's no righteous, no, not one. That's right. And I did. I want to read Romans chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. <clears throat> Romans chapter 3, verses 25 and 26. This is later on in that passage I mentioned. Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are in that are past, through the forbearance to God, to declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. So, if we put the righteousness of Jesus on, we can be justified through Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. And I also, the depiction of putting the breastplate of righteousness on, it that shows us as to this this idea as well. If we put the the righteousness on, we will have the righteousness. But if we take it off, we won't have it. Right. We have to put it on in order to have righteousness. Right. And uh, going on to our next point, um, and I, I brought this up to you in, in the English language. Uh, I should say this: righteousness makes us just in front of a holy God. And when mm-hmm. it comes to that word "righteous," uh, the word "righteous" and "just" or "justice" or "righteousness" and "justice" is two different words in the English. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. But in the Greek and Hebrew, it's almost the same word. It has some of the same, I guess, I'm not, not really good with language in general, but it has like the same root word or something like mm-hmm. that. And uh, my, my wife, who has her Spanish Bible, she even saw the same thing when it comes to Spanish. Justice and righteousness right. is the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so when we look in Scripture, and when we see in Scripture that God is righteous and that he is just, uh, those those words share the same idea. Mm-hmm. And and here's why. Because God is righteous, so he can execute justice, and God is just because he displays righteousness. Man can't do that. Right. Yeah. So uh, an interesting verse is this, Acts chapter 17, verse 31. So I'm going to be reading from two different translations here. I'm going to be reading from the New King James, and I'm going to be looking at the uh, the 
the new, the NIV. Yeah. And uh, here's here's what Paul says: because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness. Catch that word right there: in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. All right. So now here's the NIV: for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice. By the man he has appointed, he has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So what we see right there is that God's righteousness and his justice are the same. Mm -hmm. He can be just because he is righteous. He is righteous because he is just. They go hand in hand with each other. Now, I want us to think about Jesus Christ when it comes to this. We are standing we are before a holy God, and we are sinful creatures. Mm-hmm. All right, so we don't have, we shouldn't have that opportunity to approach God, because of God's righteousness, we should be put to death. Right now, because of the death of Jesus, Jesus took our righteous punishment away from us, and He paid the death penalty for me and you. Mm-hmm. And you kind of read that in Romans chapter three. Mm-hmm. So now I have First John. At First John chapter one seven through ten. So, here's a little thing about righteousness when it comes to walking in the light. You got that, Devin? I do. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, right here, walking in the light, that's pursuing righteousness. That's what it's referring to. But if we are already saying we're righteous, we're all good, we have no sin in us, we're we're lying to ourselves, Mm -hmm. and we're saying that we didn't need the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Mm. But even in the next chapter, John says that Jesus was a propitiation for our sin to right. turn back the wrath of God. Mm-hmm. And so this goes back to the point that we cannot be righteous unless we are in Christ. Because we have been washed with Jesus' blood and we have been viewed righteous by the righteousness of God through Jesus' blood. But we are not perfect and we know that. Mm-hmm. And John clarifies that. He even says that we will stumble sometimes. And he, he, I mean, he says in the next chapter in verse 1, However, if we continue to walk in the light, that means pursuing righteousness, that same blood of Jesus is cleansing us from our sins. And think of the think of this. We're on that spiritual battlefield right now. Mm-hmm. What is righteousness doing? Righteousness is blocking all the blows from Satan, and it's healing us on the battlefield. That's right. what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah, and so now I want us to think about this. What are the blessings of wearing this uh, this plate of righteousness? And we got to ask that question. Now uh, I have a little book right here. That's by Paul Paul Sane. He's a member of the church, and he has a book called Ready Reference for Growing Christians. If you don't have one of these books, maybe you've seen one around, I would highly recommend it. It's got a whole bunch of different topics that you can look at. Uh, and also keywords and righteousness is actually in here. And on page 232 in my hard copy, I have an older copy, 
he uh, provides a list of scriptures and the blessings that's found in righteousness. So I want to kind of go over a few of these. Uh, first one is this. Righteousness delivers one from death. That's found in Proverbs 10, 2 through 3. Uh, righteousness, when we become persecuted for righteousness sake, our reward is the kingdom of heaven. We saw that in Matthew chapter 5. But also, you see it in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. And this ties in with the next blessing that is found in that same chapter, if we are righteous and we are following the commandments of God, God will answer our prayers. Mm -hmm. Our prayers will be heard by God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 16 shows us that. But if we are not walking righteously, he's not going to hear our prayers. Right. It's almost as if we've walked away from the battle. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what happened. And even James chapter 5, verse 16 shows the same thing. And here's a big one. Here's a big one, Devin. Peace. There is peace that comes from being righteous. And what does righteousness do? It also sows peace among the brethren. Right. And actually, I want to look at that verse real quick. I think it's really cool because we are in a time and age where there is no peace, it seems like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Certainly. And even amongst the churches of Christ, and that shouldn't be, no, because we're brothers and not. sisters in Christ, right? Uh, you got you got James three eighteen. If not, I got it right on me. I'll be there in just a second. All right, James three eighteen, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Yeah. So think righteousness creates peace. It creates peace in us, and when we sow it to other people, what's what's going to do to them? It's going to make peace. It's going to make peace. Yeah. Simple as that. And then, righteousness endures forever. And that seems like a weird blessing, but it's not. Think about it. All the sinful things and all the sinful lusters of this earth is only temporary. Mm -hmm. But peace is a forever thing on this earth. And even after this world is done, guess what? There's still peace in eternity. Right. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9. So, we've talked about the breastplate of righteousness. So now you see some blessings that are in righteousness. And we know that we need to continue to wear righteousness. Let's close this with a psalm. Psalm 119. And verses 137 through 144. And let's see what... David is inspired to say about righteousness. I'm turning there. I'm getting slow. Right. Psalm 119, 137 through 144. Righteous thou art, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. My zeal hath consumed me, because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget thy precepts. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my blessings. 
the righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding, and I shall live. It's really cool. Some of the things we just read in there is it ties oh, yeah. to some of the other stuff we've already talked about. Right. And we've just been talking about New Testament stuff. Mm-hmm. But David was saying some of that same stuff all the way back in the Old Testament right. about God's righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. And before we close, I, something that came to my mind is we have to remember that for us to have the righteousness of God, we have to abide by what God has prescribed for us. Mm-hmm. If we don't, we can't have his righteousness. That means everything we believe has to come from the word. Everything. Yeah. There's no exceptions, no ifs, ands, or buts. So here, here's, here's something that's interesting, and this is just, this is off script. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like what uh, Bill, Bill O'Reilly says is no spin zone. <laughs> I don't think Bill O'Reilly's even on the air anymore. I, I don't know. He probably shouldn't be. I don't know. But, uh, uh, so uh, you, you think about truth. Truth was the foundation. It was the belt. And also, the when we were doing our studies, the belt held the breastplate mm-hmm. closer to the body so it gave the the soldier a better opportunity to move and maneuver right. uh, I find this interesting as well there there was different types of armor for the, the Roman soldier uh, there were some that actually did have chain I, I don't know when that started happening but there was other ones that kind of had like different type of like plates that came over mm-hmm. each one right. if, I, if I'm describing it well and then you had like a single one mm-hmm a single plate and that's more so for your uh, upper echelon guys right but what is interesting when Paul is going through this armor he remember he listed truth first he says there's a standard there's a truth that is our standard mm-hmm. and what and if that belt is over that plate it's almost God is like trying to tell us guess what you're wearing righteousness but in order to know what righteousness is, you have to know the truth, and you have to know what that standard is in right. order to wear it. Yeah, that's right. And imagine if your belt is one one uh, belt hole too loose. Mm. Your your righteousness will be a little loose. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see the parallels between truth and righteousness and then even moving forward it'll be interesting to see the parallel between truth righteousness and all the other things we're going to talk about yeah yeah the next one's going to be great so that's what i've got i don't if you have any other comments i don't have any comments but maybe you should share with everyone how to get in contact with us i like that idea if you have a question for us please reach out to us at armored spiritually at gmail.com that's just spiritually armored backwards armored spiritually at gmail.com and you can also leave comments on the youtube video that will be released so thanks for tuning in all right catch you later